Welcome to episode 103 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're looking at Zero Sum. It's season 4, episode 21, original air date April 27th, 1997. The IMDb user score has risen from 8.1 to 8.4 out of 10, and the action primarily takes place in Virginia, with some in Maryland, and a couple of briefer scenes near the end in South Carolina. In this episode, this episode is definitely part of the myth arc. It's picking up from where we left off in Memento Mori. Scully's not to be seen, it's largely about Skinner. And that's because Gillian Anderson requested the week off to film her role in The Mighty. So this is how the writers solved that problem. She just spent that week in the hospital dealing with her cancer. So in this one, we learn exactly what's happening with Skinner since he took the deal with the cigarette smoking man that he told Mulder not to take. This is an episode written by Howard Gordon and Frank Spotnitz and directed by Kim Manners. The episode opens with a courier company employee dying after a bee attack in a bathroom. And Skinner is destroying the evidence of the situation. So that's deleting files on Mulder's computer, cleaning up the crime scene, destroying the body, swapping blood samples. One of the men he speaks to is killed, as he learns later when Mulder comes to see him, and that doesn't sit well with him. And we also see how good of an investigator Mulder is as he's uncovering elements of the cover-up, things like the switched-out blood sample. So it's actually very well done in terms of casting doubts on Skinner's motivations, why he's doing it. We don't know that this is directly related to that deal until well into the episode. So ultimately, he does end his deal with the cigarette smoking man and actually takes a few shots at him. He ends up meeting Marita Covarrubias, who we also learn is taking orders from the cigarette smoking man, which makes us question both her relationship with Mulder and exes. So now, you know, did she come in because she wants to betray the cigarette smoking man or because she wants to help Mulder? At the end, it's strongly implied that she is on the cigarette smoking man's side. And in the end, we also realize the purpose of the bees. They're there to deliver something. Right now, they're delivering smallpox vaccine. And it was successfully tested on a playground full of kids. And that's really where this comes into play in terms of the larger myth arc, is with the bees and Skinner's level of involvement. In terms of the guest cast, there are three cast members that are worth noting, mostly because they've all been recurring X-Files actors who are here for their final appearances. Paul Anthony McLean plays Dr. Josephson Shapes and a Coast Guard officer in Nisei. He also plays Special Agent Couts, the ballistics expert, here and in Anasazi. We get the final appearance of Barry Green, who played Dr. Emil Linzer here and Bob Perkins in Darkness Falls before this, as well as the final appearance of Morris Panich, who is Dr. Simon Auerbach in FMS Galata, and the gray-haired man in Piper Maru, Avatar, Heron Volk, Momento Mori, and this episode. So it is a well-done episode. It gives us a lot of that moody, dark lighting, the low-key lighting, as they call it, that X-Files was known for, which gives it a bit of a film noir feel. The key light is the light that's pointing in the same direction as the camera. So in most sitcoms, the key light is very bright, or high key lighting, as they call it, to eliminate shadows and give things a brighter and happier tone, better suited to comedy. Film noir was the first genre to really start experimenting with low key lighting, where that light in the direction of the camera is lower off, which means we see a lot of rich shadows and a lot of darkness. This episode does a lot of low key lighting. Partly because a lot of this is Skinner working at night to cover things up. 
It's a style of lighting that's very common on TV now, used frequently on CSI, but it wasn't that common on network television prior to the X-Files. And in fact, Jerry Bruckheimer credits the X-Files with convincing him TV could be worth looking into and could do these things. Of course, Bruckheimer went on to be a major player in getting CSI created and on the air. Now, as for the science in this episode, there's two elements to look at. First, can we really use bees as a delivery system for smallpox? Well, a retrovirus is one that rewrites the victim's DNA with its own. So that's the basis of GMOs. They write different DNA into the cells of one species using the same process, where they take the DNA strand out of one species and splice it into another. And it's possible that they could use that tech to insert smallpox into the bee venom. And since only humans are affected by smallpox, not even other mammals, the bees would be healthy carriers. It doesn't seem to affect them. So that part would work. In terms of using them as a delivery system, again, if you pick a species of bees that attack in swarms and find a way to induce them to attack, that would also work. I don't see how you could target it. So maybe that they released the bees in this town expecting an attack, but they weren't necessarily trying to attack a school. That's just where they happened to hit. So in the end, that part does seem to work to me, but keep in mind that my main science background is in physics, not biology. So there may be details I didn't run into my research checking into it that have an impact on those conclusions. Now, the second science element I want to address is one that's more in my wheelhouse and easier for me to speak to. The title of this episode is Zero Sum. In game theory, a zero sum game is one where all the assets one hopes to obtain are fixed throughout the game. So poker is a good example. To leave a poker game with more money than you had at the start, another player or combination of players has to lose that money. So most sports, like golf or basketball, are not zero-sum games. Imagine if the NHL playoffs going on right now took points away from one team to give them to another. So games that we're currently scoring as 1-0 or 5-4 would end up with identical scores in the end of 1 and negative 1. Here, the zero-sum is more metaphorical, I believe. So for the cigarette smoking man to give Skelly her cure and her life, he has to take Skinner's life, metaphorically here, as he's controlling him, not killing him. So I do like the use of the term here, even though it's hardly a game, but game theory is applied to economics, for example, all the time. And a lot of people on the losing ends of those models wouldn't call it a game either. But here it is suited, because whatever Scully gains, Skinner seems to lose. So that zero sum is quite fitting. In any event, that's all we have to say about zero sum. Come back in two weeks' time when we discuss Elegy. Thank you for listening.